Welcome to Leading the Next Generation with Tim Elmore. I'm your co-host, Andrew McPeak, and our mission here at Growing Leaders is to empower the emerging generations with skills to lead in real life. Tim, today we're talking about a trend and one that probably we've all experienced, but not one that we often notice. Maybe maybe we don't have language for it. But to really understand it, I think you and I want to go back to the way things were when we were growing up because there was <laughs> yeah. sort of a ethos of the day, yeah. and I would say for, of the day for about 40 or 50 years, yeah. it felt like, that now has shifted. But back when, when we were growing up, it was a very different sort of spirit. No doubt about it. In fact, when I think back about my own observations as the baby boomers entered adulthood and the workforce, as Gen Xers into the workforce, as even millennials, your generation into the workforce, there was a mantra of give it everything you got. Yeah. Uh, bring your whole selves to work and um, and really find your pers- purpose and passion and go for it. Yes. So it wasn't about balance. It wasn't necessarily about all the other things that we seem to know today in yes. terms of behavioral science, it was just throw yourself into it. Absolutely. I, in some ways, you could say the word of the day as you're a, a young person growing up. It was for me growing up uh, in the early 2000s. It was about sacrifice, right? Yeah. What, and that's really like the the root of yeah. the word passion is suffering, right? So like, mm-hmm. what were you willing yeah. to suffer for and give yourself for and sacrifice and all of those things? Now, a lot of us got older and we experienced burnout maybe because yeah. we did that. Yeah. But honestly, what's happening mm. today, what's really interesting is that that's not what we're seeing in the youngest people today. They're not approaching it with the, the same experience. It looks a little bit different. Yeah. The way I have seen it is it may not be just the emerging generation, Generation Z. I think it's all generations, but they're growing up in this epiphany day. Yes. Where we are aware of the idea of boundaries, which we'll talk about in just a moment, and we're aware that there should be some sense of balance. The problem is we have this go-for-it uh, generation, actually series of generations. And then you have this other one that says, I want to have some balance. Yeah. And sometimes they collide. Yeah. So I really would love to dive in with you, Andrew, and then listeners, just to ha- you chime in later, if you will, on striking a balance between the idea of having boundaries and the idea of making sacrifices. Yeah. It's a tricky subject, right? Because there really isn't, it, neither one of these is wrong right? Yeah. Is what we're going to argue. Correct. That's it's right. not wrong to want to sacrifice and care for what you want to do. It's also not wrong to say, I need to draw some boundaries and protect right. my mental health and all those other things. But that's the trickiness of it. And I think that's why we need to talk about it. Yeah, it is. In fact, I've talked to some employers that said, I don't understand my 20-somethings that work here. And it's that very thing. Yep. They do have the sense enough or the savviness to know I'm not going to wait till I get burned out at 38. Yep. I'm going to set some boundaries in place here. But I think knowing how to do that and then for a, an employer to know how do I respond to that in a healthy way, that's the trick. And mm. that's what we want to talk about. Yeah. We've talked about the this relationship between these two things. You've got a really some really good language to kind of talk about what too much of either of these realities create. So I wonder if you would set that up. Yeah. So this collision of mindsets is really what it is. Neither, as you said, neither mindset's wrong, but the collision of mindsets can be summarized this way. Too much sacrifice often leads to burnout. Mm -hmm. You brought that word up. Too many boundaries often leads to bailout. (laughs) So people are just bailing (laughs) on a project they were supposed to be on and you go, wait, what? Where'd he go? Yeah. Or even just work, right? Yeah. Calling in and saying, I need a mental health day Mm -hmm. or whatever and all those kinds of things. No doubt about it. So let me let me share a story. Okay. Uh, in fact, this was a bit of a case study that actually inspired this conversation. 
So several faculty and staff members were asked to participate in a special project. It was going to be a celebration at their school. Um, They were to plan a celebration of the decrease in COVID-19 infections on the campus, which is a good thing. Yep. Um, The school had experienced no infections in both students and staff for an entire semester, and that was a big deal. Yeah, that's huge. Um, The administration felt this milestone should be rewarded with a party and some prizes. Now, initially, everybody involved agreed with great excitement they were going to make this happen. And I don't know how many there were, but I'm going to guess maybe seven or eight people were on this committee to make it happen. One week before the celebration, however, the wheels kind of came off the wagon. Here's what happened. Mm. Uh, Three of the staff members who had significant responsibilities withdrew from participation. They dropped the ball and failed to follow through on what they'd committed to doing for the rest of the team. And when the others asked why they all you know, were doing this, they all kind of preached the same sermon. I've got to stick to my boundaries. Mm. Here's the collision. When you say that, it's a trump card. Yeah. yeah who, what am says, I going to say back to that? No, yeah. you shouldn't have boundaries. You yeah. know? So, so they kind of like drop the mic, you know, that's done. Of course, they went on to explain it's their mental health. It had to be priority one. Doing too much on this project would compromise that mental health. Yeah. All the right things. There, everything was right, except that they had made a commitment. Yeah. And now the other folks here are going, well, we're kind of left holding the bag here. Do we nix our boundaries in because you're not gonna or do we drop the whole celebration and say, oh, we all quit? Yeah. That's that was a problem. It so, is certainly tricky. Certainly tricky. And you and I are both talking to uh companies that are dealing with this yeah. exact thing. But I think what's happening and the reason there's a, a collision here is because it feels like we were all the way on this sacrifice yes, pendulum. Yeah. And what's happened is really quickly we've all swung yes. completely over to this boundaries uh pendulum. And we're really asking the question, what is the middle? Uh, space look like? How do we navigate this when they conflict? exactly right. Yeah. It's like a grandfather clock where the pendulum has indeed swung to both extremes. Neither extreme are right. Uh, But we got to figure this out. So let's kind of dig deeper on this collision that I just brought up with a story between healthy boundaries and healthy teamwork. Maybe that adjective is the key. What's healthy teamwork and what's healthy boundaries. That's good. I like that. So as I mentioned, Andrew, when someone plays the boundary card, it's like a trump card. Um, what can anyone say to a person who declares they need to guard their time and their mental health? Today, I mean, God, my gosh, we all believe in boundaries. I hear psychologists, I hear therapists, counselors talking about boundaries. Psychologist Henry Cloud even wrote a book called Boundaries, and it's a bestseller. Yep. Um, on the other hand, though, those who walk away from their team leave others shorthanded, requiring extra work to pull off the project. One group had made a commitment, then dropped it. So here's the key. This is the big clash I want you to hear, listeners, and ponder. The other group that walked away violated their own set of boundaries to fulfill it. Hmm. So one kept their boundaries, but it forced the other. It's almost like, do you have boundaries? And and the cost is just selfishness because now those people you are working with, are you saying you don't care about their boundaries? Yeah. I know it's gray. I know it's fuzzy. Yeah. But this is hard. Yeah. Needless to say, while the team smiled that was left working yep. and relieved the quitters of any guilty feelings, the, the people who stayed made extra sacrifices and they actually resented the ones who had quit. Mm. So now there's this quiet tension of resentment 
where you're not saying anything, but there's an elephant in the room. Yeah. You follow me? Yeah. I'm sure there's many people listening who are like, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm experiencing mm-hmm. that right now with one of my colleagues. Yeah. It's it's sort of like if a project weighs 100 pounds and we both agree we're going to carry 50 and then I don't show up yeah. one day, what I've done is I'm forcing you to carry the full 100, which is not yeah. what you agreed to. And so you're exactly right. How do I have boundaries personally yeah. without also leaving the weight uh, and, and really breaking the boundaries of somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Is there a solution for that? So needless to say, let me push pause here and say we are living in strange times. And maybe part of this was fostered by the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah. But people are quitting jobs at an alarming rate. And often it's the, it's the right thing to do. Sometimes it's right to, to, to stop. The pandemic forced many organizations to lay off millions of employees. And now that the need for workers has increased, many organizations have fewer workers attempting to complete the same amount of work. Haven't you been into a restaurant or a retail store and they don't have enough workers yep. and you're waiting for yep. the meal that you ordered for a half an hour? Yeah, we were actually, uh, I was just traveling with one of our colleagues here, Sean. Uh, we went into a restaurant and they couldn't seat us even though they had tons of tables open. And we were yeah. like, what's going on? Yeah. Why is there a 20 minute wait? There's a table right there. And their explanation was, we don't have enough wait staff. Uh, yeah. So we literally can't put you there or it's going to tax out our team. Yeah, it's so true. That's what's happening. So neither extreme, as you've just mentioned, is healthy. Uh, you don't want to make sacrifices to the detriment of your own health, family, and finances. But you also don't want to erect boundaries that require everyone else to make the sacrifice while you don't. Yeah, That's what I think is, yeah. is unjust. So at this point, Andrew, I think what we need to do is begin to brainstorm what steps do we take yep. so that we can have this healthy balance. That's the trick, because I think everybody listening is going, I know exactly what you're talking about. I have no idea what to do about yeah. this. Yeah. So you, uh, as always, have gotten really practical for us. Uh, walk us through a couple of, maybe are these guidelines? Is that what you would say? Yeah, guidelines for so. how to navigate this really kind of uh, strange conflict that we're experiencing? Yeah, because we're all humans, there's no perfectly unmessy way to do this. Human beings are messy. However, I would say as you move into this this year that we're, we're going into, there's some steps that you could take, especially ahead of time, to really um, make sure this doesn't happen as much anyway. Okay, great. Let's jump right, in. So step one, um, step one really is plan ahead. Determine your limits up front if you can. Yeah. So if you see something coming, if you know a pattern in your life, or at least your mental health life is, oh my gosh, I better I better stop here. Tell everybody up front. Yep. That way there's no vendetta or personal offense. It's, I should tell you right up front, this is about the, the as far as I can go. Yep. If I do more, that's a bonus, but let's just count on this. Yeah. So you can prevent some of the problem by just preparing for it. I think that's good. Because I mean, one of the things that happens is we get so uh, we, we, we look at the six-month project and we say, oh, that's six months away. I'm sure I'll figure it out mm-hmm. when I get there. But if we could plan ahead, set expectations, really one of the big issues with this is that we surprise other people with our boundaries. And that's what causes, I think, a lot of the conflict. Yeah, no doubt about it. So the second step is really talk. It's have people communicate their boundaries ahead of time. Yes. Sometimes they're mysteries. They're unspoken and then they're unmet and then there's trouble. So a great rule of thumb is not equal contribution, but equal sacrifice. Mm. So I think maybe I'm making this up, but a single mom, she's got two kids, so she can't do as much perhaps, maybe, as a single 23-year-old that goes, man, I'm in. Yeah, I, all I got, I got is work. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And, yeah. and free time tonight yeah. on Tuesday. 
So um, not on Friday, but on Tuesday. Uh, yeah, exactly. So I just think it's great to talk about it. And, yeah. and if, if a leader can say, let's just lay these out on the table, once again, no vendetta, no personal offense. We're just kind of getting the cards out on the table. That's great. Some will do more than others, but everyone should declare their boundaries and then say, but I'm going to make an equal sacrifice even though I'm giving this much. Yeah, that's good. All right. The third step is recognize that any valuable endeavor is going to require sacrifices. Yeah. So the answer is not, we're, we're just going to try to do work. We'll never, ever have a sacrifice. Yeah. I don't think you do anything significant without sacrificing. Completely At least that's, agree. that's my belief. Yep. So we must always remember that history is full of people who made stunning sacrifices for the betterment of a worthy cause. Uh, abolition, uh, you know, slavery, women's rights, civil rights, all of this were Huge people sacrifices. doing stuff after five o'clock. Let's just say that. <laughs> yes. So um, I just think that's just important to, to get yeah. that out on the table. And I would argue, just as you would, I think that maybe we've required too much sacrifice in certain instances, yep. but- we have to recognize that that doesn't mean the answer is no sacrifice whatsoever. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's not the extremes. Absolutely. Okay, the fourth step is when at your limits, invite others into the problem-solving process. So don't just drop the ball. Say, I'm holding this ball, and I don't know that I can hold it much yeah, longer. Yeah. Let's talk together about yes. it. I just feel like that's almost always the answer in any dilemma that comes up. Invite someone else into the problem-solving process. Yep. Uh, students listening, uh, if you haven't gotten an assignment done on time, go talk with your teacher and say, hey, listen, I know the deadline was here. I didn't get it done. How? Let's talk about how I can make this right. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I love that. That that uh, language really helps uh, basically get rid of a lot of the conflict before it even becomes mm -hmm. one. It also helps the person who thinks this person just dropped the ball or maybe they don't care or whatever it is. It sort of brings them into your mindset it as does. well, which is so huge. Well, and that's why I love the phrase, don't impose your boundaries, expose your boundaries. Say, yes. here's the problem I've got. Could you help me solve this? Yes. It's mine. Yeah. But boy, I would welcome your wisdom on this one. And when you invite others in, you tend to get problem solvers. Love it. Yeah. All right. So the fifth step is remember that balance doesn't mean equal. It means ebb and flow. Mm. I read a great article more than 30 years ago that I still have in my files. It's not a, it's not digital. It's a paper article. <laughs> you printed it off. But it was called The Myth of the Balanced Life. Mm. And the reason I liked it is because he was saying, I think sometimes in America, at least, we think that balance is 15 minutes for my wife, 15 minutes for each of my children, 15 minutes for my... And that's not how life works. Yeah. You have a fully in and then a withdrawal, a fully in and then withdrawal. Isn't that even how our work is? Yep. We had a busy week this week, did yeah. we not? Yeah. And next week, we're on a staff retreat. We're yep. away. Uh, it's going to be a little different. But I just feel like we need to recognize life is never going to be perfectly balanced in, within, within that definition. Yeah, that's so good. I love that. The sixth step, really the last one, is consistently clarify what is not your job and what is your job. And I don't Ooh, mean that good. as a... Uh, I don't know, a bully type of mindset, but just say, now let's clarify the job. You know, Julie, Susan, Bob, yeah. let's talk about our jobs. Yeah. I, as silly as that may sound, because we're all intelligent people, we need to clarify that because sometimes we're we're edging off the end of the margin or they're edging onto our margins and yep. it, it doesn't look very good. So that step actually may be the most important one. Yeah. Um, I have two columns, Andrew. Maybe this is going to be helpful. I have two columns in my head. And I have two columns in front of me here. Yeah. Um, listeners, if you will, picture in your mind two columns. I'm going to um, try to outline my response to that number six issue that I just brought up. 
So the left-hand column, let's call this is my job. And the right-hand column, let's call this is not my job. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So number one, it is my job to fulfill the commitments I've made. Absolutely. If I made a commitment, yeah. I, I should, as much as I can, without dying, yep. I need to say, I'm going to do whatever I can. And then I won't sign up next year, yep. maybe because it was too much. Learn what you have the ability to commit to. That's right. Yeah. But follow through on the commitment. It is not my job to fix others who fail to do so. Yeah. So we don't have to be fixers. Yep. Number two. It is my job to make sacrifices with other staff members. Yep. It is not my job, number two, to maintain boundaries that are fair mm. for them. Number three, it is my job to go the extra mile on my work. Yep. So not just the first mile out of duty, second mile out of devotion. Yeah. It's not my job to go seven extra miles <laughs> uh, out of guilt because yeah. Bob and Susan quit. You yep. know, they, and I feel bad gone. about somebody. Yeah, that's their, right. Yeah, that's totally. exactly right. Number four, it is my job to add value that complements the team that I serve mm, on. That's good. It's not my job to make up for everyone's weaknesses. Yeah. I add the value I can, but yep. may not be able to do everything. Number five, it is my job to see and act in light of the big picture. Mm hmm it is not my job, number five, to own every mistake made by others. Yeah. You're not responsible for those. And finally, this last one may be the most important one of all. It is my job to be responsible to my teammates. It is not my job to be responsible for my teammates. That's such Meaning a huge... I'm their mother or their father, yeah. and I'm looking out for them, and I'm tracking them down because God knows where they are, et cetera. I shouldn't, I shouldn't use hyperbole like that, but it's, <laughs> it's true. Um, I, I feel like this is, this is balance. Yeah. It's so amazing how you change one word there, responsible to versus responsible for, yeah. and the meaning is completely different. Uh, if we're going to talk about a healthy boundary... That's a really good boundary to have, yeah, you know, to say, I, I am going to, I'm going to stand up for everything that I am supposed to stand up for, but I cannot take on the weight of other yeah. people's work. Yeah. I, you know, it's interesting. My daughter, Bethany, you know her, she is um, in her thirties and she's been a counselor for some years now. She's having these kinds of conversations all the time. Yeah. And that was another thing I think that just inspired me to think, let's offer some practical, uh, I don't know, um, common sense advice. And that's what I think those two columns are. It's just, maybe it's not common, but it's it's common sense, yeah, I think. Yeah. Now, teachers that are listening, I think we can practice this with our students, right? Yeah. So we want to help them get their assignments done. We want them all to make A's, don't we? Yep. But may not happen. Yeah. So where do you draw the line? Well, it's this balance between sacrifice and and, and boundaries. Absolutely. Um, leaders, of course, with your staff, your your faculty, perhaps, same thing. You're responsible to, but not for. What I, especially if you are working with younger people, whether you're a teacher in a school and you're uh, thinking about your students, maybe you're working in a company and you're thinking about young employees where this is a, a tension and a conversation, I would encourage you to have the conversation before it's an issue. <laughs> yeah. So all of this stuff that we're talking to you about, I would just say bring up the conversation, at yeah. least a light version of it, and say, <clears throat> yeah. this semester or this year is going to be tough. Mm -hmm. It's going to expect a lot of you. You're committed to this. So let me tell you what that commitment's going to look like. And I'd like you to go ahead and think about, if you start to feel overwhelmed, what are you going to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how can we talk through that, uh, that before we get to that point where you're calling me on a Monday morning and going, can't yeah. come in today, need a mental health day, whatever. And it's like, how did we arrive at that without having a single conversation mm -hmm. about yeah. uh, the issues that you're facing? So yeah, good leaders eliminate most surprises, not all, but yeah. most. Yeah. yeah. So um, 
I think I've got a story that might be a great way to try to rib around this, this conversation. Let's do it. Um, it's a true story, and it may be the most vivid example of this balance, uh, at least from a life of a teenager. So there are um, some teens, Jamis, Yannicka, and Azariah. They're all black female high school students who've been called upon to not only perform well in school, and yep. they do want to make good grades and get the scholarship, but to also care for their grandmothers, brothers, sisters, nieces, and nephews. So they are in many ways caretakers as adolescents. Yeah. We hear this every year. It's happened in every generation, yep. but boy, the stress that this can bring today is, is really high. So sometimes it's due to a divorce between the parents. Other times it's because of a stroke that the grandmother had. And other times it's they just have to make a sacrifice because they have a single mom who's working two jobs. Yep. And now they need to pick up the slack at home. But these teens are just a brilliant, I think, illustration of this challenge. Um, I have a quote here. It's, it's really good. Black girls were on the front lines of racial justice movements. They were essential workers, and they were primary caregivers, um, said the executive director of A Long Walk Home, an organization that empowers black girls in Chicago. She went on to say, there's no other group that was all three of those things at once. Mm. And these three girls were, were that. What I admire about these teens is that each of them serves willingly, knowing that their circumstances require a sacrifice. They know that's what that's the that hand they got dealt. That's the cards they yeah, have in here, their hand. This is where I am. Yeah, that's right. They know that now is not the time to complain, but to commit. They're also learning balance and boundaries as adolescents. One said, and I quote, there is no time right now to be a child. Mm, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. My hope is that they can uh, build healthy boundaries as they make sacrifices and carry both abilities with them into adulthood. Yeah, that's good. Interesting that they're facing it before they ever become an adult. Absolutely. In fact, they, they are so committed to this, it may be the boundary thing that's harder yeah, to come yeah. by than the other. Absolutely. Um, but what a great what a great picture of uh, uh, what a lot of, I think, young people are facing during this time. Well, Tim, thank you so much for uh, leading us, inspiring us, challenging our thinking. We know this is a really complex issue, and we just want to encourage you to have these conversations, begin to step into them, and what you'll find is that it gets easier and easier, I think, as you go. Uh, one of the challenges in this great, uh, difficult pandemic time has been how to lead well a generation of young people who are really experiencing the after effects of a global crisis. Well, uh, Tim actually wrote a resource to this effect, talking about this issue and giving practical advice on what to do. Uh, the resource was called The Pandemic Population. It's a really fantastic book that thousands and thousands of people have enjoyed and really found helpful as a way uh, to learn how to navigate complex times, leading in very difficult difficult, challenging times. So if you're interested in picking up that resource, the pandemic population, uh, head on over to growingleaders.com, click on store, and you'll find it right there. It's a great resource that you can use during this really challenging time to figure out how do we continue to lead, uh, even as the pandemic, hopefully we've got our fingers crossed, is beginning to wane. Well, as always, if you would rate this podcast, give us five stars on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, that helps to get the word out about what we're doing here. And then if you found it helpful, particularly helpful, please share it with somebody that you thought of. Maybe it's a colleague or uh, a friend of yours. Pass it along to them. We would greatly appreciate it. Uh, if you want to connect with us on social media, we are at Growing Leaders and at Tim Elmore pretty much everywhere you are. And then finally, if you've got ideas for this podcast, topics you think we should cover, uh, maybe people you think we should interview, shoot us an email. It's podcast at growingleaders.com. We love getting those from you. 
Thanks again, Tim, once again, for leading us, giving us some really practical advice. Uh, Keep leading out there well, finding that balance between uh, boundaries and sacrifice. And we'll see you again next time.